Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauly on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. Great Bar Sports Open Line gets underway on this Wednesday night on KMOX. Nate Gatter in for Matt Pauly this evening. So glad to have you with us. We have a lot to get to. Of course, a big weekend in the NFL that was, a big weekend that will be. We'll talk to Russell Baxter of Fansided and other outlets. He'll join us at uh, 635 this evening. We'll talk about the Chiefs uh, as well as those other three NFL games coming up over the weekend. The Chiefs had that big win in frigid temperatures at Arrowhead over Miami 26-7 last weekend. KMOX, of course, a, a proud part of the Chiefs radio network. You can hear the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills from Orchard Park on KMOX Sunday night. You can also hear both of the Saturday NFL playoff games here on KMOX. So three out of the four, all but Tampa Bay at Detroit, will be here on uh, the KMOX Airways. And those uh, that Tampa Bay at Detroit game won't be available for you because we'll be cranking up for the Chiefs uh, for that Sunday evening kickoff 5.30 here Central Time. We'll also be talking about SLU basketball, which uh, fell below 500 again last night to now 8-9 and nine on the season, 1-3 and three in the Atlantic 10 after a five-point loss at Dayton last night. To be fair, Dayton by far the best team in the Atlantic 10 this year by record, by net ranking, whatever you want to use. We'll talk about uh, where the Billikens are right now, what should be the, the, uh, the heat on the seat, if you will, of Travis Ford. Where's his job security right now? If you were Chris May, where might you look for a potential next coach of the Billikens if you were inclined to do so? What are the factors at play there? St. Louis City, of course, uh, gearing up for another year. It's a short offseason, especially for a team that went into the playoffs last year and that will play in the CONCACAF Champions Cup this season. So they'll be cranking up into games uh, just a little over a month now. And they've had some big additions this season that we've talked about uh, already on these airwaves and we'll revisit tonight. They also have uh, their first major outgoing transfer, first major departure really in club history Striker Nico Joachini reportedly sold to Como in Italy's second division. We will talk to Dale Schilly at 735 about St. Louis City and everything going on there as they get ready for next season. The Cardinals offseason as well winding down now. Pitchers and catchers report to Jupiter in less than a month. First spring training games are just about five weeks away, February 24th. The Cardinals will be in action for the first time in Jupiter. Chip Carey, the uh, 2023 NSMA Missouri Sportscaster of the Year and television voice of the Cardinals on Valley Sports will be with us in uh, just a few minutes 
to talk uh, about the Cardinals offseason, to talk about that well-deserved honor for him and his first season back in his hometown of St. Louis and more. On that Cardinals note, by the way, don't forget, still a few tickets remaining for Unplugged with Oliver Marmol tomorrow night at Tapawinga Golf Club. Uh, Join the Cardinal skipper and uh, our own Tom Ackerman for a night of candid conversation as the Redbirds get ready for what they hope will be a resurgent 2024 tickets for that $75 and include dinner, two complimentary drinks, and, and of course, the evening of conversation unplugged with Ali Marmol, who I think, and I've said it before on these airwaves, is normally very straightforward, whether he's visiting with Tom uh, on sports on a Sunday morning, as he does most every week during the season, whether he's meeting with uh, reporters after a game, which you almost always will hear uh, on the post game here on Camo X after Cardinals games. I, th- I think he's a straight up guy in that regard, and you're only going to get even more of that on an unplugged night without uh, the cameras rolling and the microphones in his face. Uh, and you'll get to hear directly from the source, Oliver Marmol at uh, Tapawingo Golf Club. But that's tomorrow night. So if you want to uh, be part of it, just a few tickets left. And uh, you can check them out on KMOX.com. Ethan Hannaford is running things for me here in our St. Louis studios. If you want to get involved in the conversation, and we uh, always welcome your calls and texts, you can reach us at 314-436-7900. That's call or text at 314-436-7900. You can also tweet me at Nate Gatter or us at KMOX Sports. If you're uh, away from the radio, if you miss anything, if you want to go back and uh, hear a guest later on, you can always hear us streaming live or on demand on the free Odyssey app. Ethan, uh, with just a couple of minutes here before we have to go to a break and then and then talk to Mr. Chip Carey, obviously the theme right now is sort of looking back at the Cardinals offseason because I think uh, based as well on the intimations of not only John Mozeliak but also Bill DeWitt III, I think it's become pretty clear the Cardinals see their offseason as more or less concluded, uh, at least with respect to major moves that would add to the payroll. Not to say that anybody has closed the door on something, in particular a trade, that could be a difference maker, but it seems more likely than not at this point, the Cardinals have made the headline additions they're going to make. How much more optimism do you feel about the 2024 Cardinals than you did say in October of last year? Mm, That's a great question. I think you have to start it off with the Cardinals had a clear goal in mind going into this off season. And they made that clear by being the first team to go after anyone, um, in this, uh, when when free agency got underway, we saw them quickly going after Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, and then of of course the big one in Sonny Gray. Um, a different mindset than I think a lot of people were expecting, but it's a it's a safe mindset in the sense that would you rather have the Cardinals with the guys that they acquired, getting them when they did or playing farther into it and being in the bidding for some of these bigger names. But what happens if you don't get them right? Then you're absolutely screwed. So you can say what you want about whether or not you agree with the mindset that Mo and the front office went with, but you have to understand at least what they were thinking about. I think that overall you're feeling better about this, about this rotation. And when you almost have to match up, immediately the rotation with the roster as a whole because the offense isn't really a concern for anyone. It's the rotation, obviously. That was the big concern going into the season. The mindset last year was young pitching, young pitching, young pitching. We saw that that did not work out for them. They flipped it this offseason. They said that they're going to go with age. They're going to go with the veterans for that area. 
and they have a plethora of innings that they will be able to go to. Um, I feel better about this team now than I did at the end of 2023, obviously, but even, I mean, midway through, I feel better. I think last year, I, I don't think anyone expected the Cardinals to have the struggles that they did in 2023. Um, so it's one thing to say, did you feel better about them now or at the beginning of 2023? Because I don't think anyone saw the huge red flags at that point because it's so it's so unlike the Cardinals to actually have that season where they really struggle. So I would say that I feel better at this point. Um, I don't know if this team is capable. I don't know if this team is in a position where you could say, yeah, they're a top five, top five four top three contender in the national league for a world series. But I think that at this point, you can definitely argue that in a weaker national league central division, they will make some noise. They will be in the mix. You got your top starter in Sonny gray. Um, so, and, and knowing that you have still plenty of offense uh, to be able to drive this team, I think that you have to be feeling decent about the playoff odds of getting back to that point. If you are the Cardinals. Yeah, certainly. And and to that point, I think it, it does. The Cardinals doing their work early sort of goes along in that same vein that we've seen from John Mosellock in the past that his preferred method is to add a guy in a trade and extend him before they ever get to free agency to that point of not wanting to get in a bidding war, lose it, and then find yourself uh, sort of out in the cold yeah. with nowhere to turn. So uh, those uh, conversations and more coming up next. Chip Carey joins us after the break. This is Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We march on on Graybar Sports Open Line on this Wednesday night. Nate Gatter back with you in for Matt Pauley. Ethan Hannaford is running things in our downtown studios. And we are joined now by uh, Chip Carey, St. Louis Cardinals TV voice on Bally Sports Midwest. Uh, not only that, but just announced as the 2023 National Sports Media Association Missouri Sportscaster of the Year. Chip, congratulations. Hey, thanks. That was a quite uh, pleasant surprise, and uh, I'm really humbled and appreciative uh, uh, of the honor and uh, for the amazing people that I work with that made it possible. That was a very, very nice surprise yesterday. You know, it provides me a window, and we're going to get into some some more substantive Cardinals talk, but just for the broadcast nerd in me, it provides me a window to ask you about, uh, you know, obviously a frustrating year for the Cardinals. I, I've heard Brian Anderson of Turner Sports and Milwaukee Brewers talk about how helpful it was for him in ingratiating himself to Milwaukee fans that the Brewers had a great season in his first year calling games because fans sort of associated him with a winning team, which at that time the Brewers hadn't had a lot of for a while. 
Were there any challenges for you in having sort of the opposite situation in that you're coming back home, it's all great, but then a perennially successful team sort of had a down year in, in your first year back here? Uh, that's a great question. But you know what? When you've done this as long as I have, I think you understand that the wins and the losses are incidental. You have no control over them. All you can do is, uh, you know, put your, uh, your your fingers on the hand rest and go along for the ride and try to make the best of it that you can. Uh, the most challenging part of the job is what any new guy goes through. That's uh, understanding the personnel, understanding how things work. Something as simple as where the heck do I sit on the team bus when we go out of town uh, and getting to know the players and being available to them. But as I said, luckily for me, uh, you know, Brian Shapiro and Tom, me and the TV truck and the rest of the crew and Jim Edmonds and Brad Thompson, uh, Jim Hayes, all were extremely helpful and were great teammates. And that made that part of the transition a lot easier. But Brian's right. When you, you come in and your team wins and you go to the playoffs or you win a ring, that's the best way to ring it in. Uh, but luckily for me, uh, you know, being from St. Louis and understanding the Cardinal culture and knowing my place as the new guy on the broadcast team, uh, I relied on a lot of people who are more than happy to help. And I think it worked out just fine. You mentioned getting to know the players, obviously, especially doing an everyday baseball job. That's such a big part of it is what can you find to bring something new to the table on a game number 117 of the season when, you know, you've got plenty of people who've been watching every inning of every game. And that pretty much comes from those conversations, especially as a new guy. How do you go about sort of building those relationships with the players that allow you to to get some of those nuggets that the fans love on the broadcast without sort of coming on too strong and, and having them put up some walls? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of throwback in this regard. I, you know, I think the job of the play-by-play guy you know, on television and sports is to make the analyst the star, especially in baseball where there's so much dead time. Uh, I like to think of myself as a digital or audio caddy, the audio director of the broadcast, mm-hmm. if you will, and hopefully lead Jim and Brad or Jim Hayes or Alexa, whoever's doing the sideline reporting as well, uh, right down the path where they want to hit the ball 150 yards uh, right to the center of the green. That's really the job as a traffic cop. And uh, bigger picture, um, you, you build those relationships by being present. I was in spring a lot. I was in the clubhouse every single day. I was on every bus and every hotel. And I think so much of what we do in the business is um, by rote. You develop a routine. People get used to seeing you. And once they realize what you're about and that you have their best interests at heart, and if you're fair, I think more often than not, guys come to respect uh, you as a person, which is the most important thing, and as a professional, secondly, because it is a profession. It gives us no pleasure to talk about 91 losses, like you mentioned, uh, but it is part of the job. And as long as you're honest and fair about what happened, then nobody can get upset about that. And fortunately for Brad, Jim, and me, uh, that was the case in 2023. You mentioned spring training, which is uh, almost sneaking up on us a little bit now. It's uh, less than a month until pitchers and catchers report to Jupiter, just about five weeks and change until the first spring training game on February the 24th. Uh, I've heard people say that that spring training is the kind of thing you can't wait for it to start and then you can't wait for it to end, right? (laughs) So you can get the real season on. As somebody who, as you mentioned, spends a lot of time down at spring training every year, once we get past the excitement of those first couple of games, is there anything you particularly like to watch for or follow that captures your attention even as March starts to drag on a bit, little bit and everybody back here is looking ahead to opening day? Young players and prospects and their interaction with veteran players and veteran coaches. Uh, what makes the Cardinals organization so unique is not only the great players who play for them now, but have played for them in the past, and they're willing to be around spring training. Uh, one of the most iconic moments of the spring last year was when Mason Wynn was taking ground balls on the Ozzie Smith field down in Jupiter. I mean, this kid that grew up idolizing Ozzie Smith, and when he pulls you aside and says, you've got the goods to be in the big leagues, moments like that, I think, are things that spark a guy, and when you get a chance to see that up close and personal, 
that becomes a story that you can talk about during the season. But without question, you know, there are dog days of spring training and they get to the middle months where everybody's looking ahead and wondering who's going to make the team. But for me, it's seeing the young players, the guys that might come up from double A or triple A and make an impact for you and seeing how they fit in and seeing, quite frankly, with so many of these young guys, how the new organizational shift pitching wise is going to affect them and their careers and what adjustments they make. So uh, yeah, they are dog days. There are some days that are more exciting than others, but still there's always a story if you go look for it. Luckily for us, we have unfettered access to do that. Cardinals television voice Chip Carey is with us on the Quiver River Electric guest line here on Graybar Sports Open Line. I almost feel a little bit silly saying that. As I was thinking about, you know, i got to remind people who we're talking to. I was like, I think they all recognize his voice by now, <laughs> even if it's only been one year. Uh, you know, the dust, I think, has started to settle, at least on the offseason, certainly for the Cardinals, since they've kind of intimated that they don't expect to make any more major moves, at least uh, those that would add significantly to the payroll. Based on the roster as it stands today, what's your level of optimism for this year? I have a high level of optimism. I think they're better than they were uh, at pretty much any point uh, in the season last year. Remember the World Baseball Classic and the injuries that were suffered in mm-hmm. spring training meant the starting staff couldn't get off uh, off the rails or back on the rails, I should say, until May or June. And by that time, the, the tale of the season had already been told. Uh, I really like what Mo did going out and setting the pitching market and making the acquisitions that he did in Gibson and Gray and Lance Lynn. Those guys are, if as expected, going to provide innings and hopefully a lot of quality ones for a team that didn't have many of them. To me, the most astounding stat of the year for the Cardinals when it comes to pitching was this. The Cardinals had 48 quality starts. That's a 450 ERA, a quality start. So what do you think happened in the other 114 games that led to a 91-loss season? And that, I think, is what is going to be so important. Cardinals not only have quality starting pitching, are they superstars? No, they're not. But innings are important from your starters, and then you can go to your bullpen, which should also be improved next year. And I like what the Cardinals have done from the the pitching standpoint, and there's still apparently room in the budget at some point, perhaps, if they're in the race, to go add in uh, in July or August. So uh, Mo did what he said he was going to do, pitching, pitching, pitching. He got three terrific starters. There's depth in the minor leagues, and we'll see how it all plays out. And, uh, you know, every year there's a guy that surprises either for the good or bad. And I'm betting on Libertor and Zach Thompson being two guys that really surprise us and come through with a, with a big year. I think they have the stuff and the talent. And if that happens, look out. Hey, Chip. Ethan here. Um, obviously, you know, you came in town this this past weekend for a winter warm-up. And uh, it looked like the fans had a blast getting to interact with you on the main stage and a lot of different things going on there. Were you able to interact with any of the players, catch up with any of them, have any uh, good conversations, any takeaways for you personally from uh, this weekend at winter warm-up? Yeah, I was on the caravan with um, uh, Victor Scott II and Jordan Walker, Andre Palante, and Packy Naughton. Those guys were outstanding. Uh, just how personable they were, how great their interactions were with the fans, and how much they care. They want to uh, be successful, and they are very, very proud of the birds and golden bat. I mean, the most asked question, the most made statement on our caravan was, my question is for Jordan Walker. <laughs> I mean, all the little kids wanted to talk to the Cardinals right fielder, who was so gracious with his time and so engaging and really won over the crowd everywhere he went. But uh, at the at the uh, warm-up, yeah, I saw Brendan Donovan. I saw Zach Thompson. I saw Dylan Carlson. Uh, these guys are, are ready. And I think uh, my partner Brad Thompson said it best on the caravan. I think the Cardinals are going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. Uh, the Cardinals aren't used to playing the kind of baseball they played last year, whatever the reason or whatever the excuse. If you look at it fairly, though, 15 out of 16 years with a winning record is pretty damn good in this era of free agency and player movement. And I think those guys to a man were, if I can use the word, embarrassed by it because I believe in their heart of hearts they're a better team than that. Now it's up to them to go show it. 
And I think we'll get a very, very early test in April. Uh, The schedule gives the Cardinals no favors with the Phillies and the Mets and the Padres and the Dodgers. But you're going to have to play them at some point anyway. And if they can get off to a decent start and a good start, get through April in good shape, get their pitching going, uh, I think the Cardinals will set themselves up for a very fun, entertaining, and much more successful 2024 campaign. Well, Chip, we appreciate your time. Uh, we got a text while you were talking said, I just wanted to, to tell Chip Carey how much I enjoyed his grandpa and his dad for so many years. You guys are the best. So uh, you got plenty of fans back here in St. Louis. We're so glad to have you back and uh, looking forward to 2024. Thank, thanks, God. Yeah, guys, it's an honor to uh, represent our great fans, and uh, I really appreciate the warm welcome. And here's to even more fun starting uh, uh, March 28th. St. Louis Cardinals television voice Chip Carey. You can hear him on Valley Sports Midwest starting, as he said, March 28th and a few games uh, in spring training as well, which will get underway just five weeks and change from now. We appreciate Chip so much joining us on our Quiver River Electric guest line. Got more to come from the guest line after this. Russell Baxter, NFL writer and historian for Fansided and others, will be joining us after the break. If you have any uh, questions, comments, you can feel free to call or text us. The number is 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Wouldn't surprise me if we circle back to some of that uh, Cardinals talk we've been doing already. If you've got questions for Russell about the NFL slate coming up uh, this weekend, all of that we can get to here in our next segment. Russell Baxter joins us after this. Great Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Time to talk a little football on Gray Bar Sports Open Line tonight. Nate Gatter with you in for Matt Pauley this evening. If you want to join the conversation, you can call or text at 314-436-7900. We already heard from uh, Cardinals television voice Chip Carey, the 2023 NSMA Missouri Sportscaster of the Year. If you want to go back and hear that, it's available on the free Odyssey app. We're joined now on our Quiver River Electric guest line by Russell Baxter, NFL writer and historian for Fansided and other outlets. You can follow him on X slash Twitter at Bax Football Guru. That's B-A-X Football Guru. Russell, thanks so much for being with us. Hey, Nate. How are you? I am doing well, and uh, I want to talk a little bit first about the NFL week that was, I think, in many ways somewhat disappointing for people because uh, we had so many blowout games, uh, including a couple of uh, underdogs at home, the Texans and the Buccaneers winning in blowout fashion, even if they were marginal underdogs, really just the one close game in Detroit beating the Rams 24-23. So what stood out to you from that week, maybe other than how wide the margins were? Uh, anything else that jumped out at you from the first week? Well, it was really uh, just solid football by the six winning teams. Um, and, and you already alluded to it. We had one one-point game, and the other five were all decided by at least 14 points. So it was quite the spread. But um, I'm going to give you a, a Quick trivia question, but you'll get to my point. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire lost a fumble late in the fourth quarter against the Chief, uh, against the Dolphins, even though Kansas City blew them out, Nate. Um, that was the only turnover committed by a winning team last week. Wow. Okay. Um, the six quarterbacks who played for the winning teams threw 14 touchdown passes and zero interceptions. That's an incredible that- number. Yeah, that might and four of the six quarterbacks threw three touchdown passes. So when you look at the other side of the ball, the six teams that combined for seven turnovers, um, and you you see just how efficient those other teams were offensively, I think that leads credence to what we saw last week. Um, the home teams are five and one, 
and yet the team that scored the most points was on the road, which was Green Bay. Um, and, and listen, we also saw uh, three pick sixes returned by the winning teams last week. So you put all that together, and, and we saw, like I said, like you said, big blowouts last week. And uh, I don't know if we're going to get that this week. Uh, you know, a lot of excellent matchups uh, and some teams looking to do stuff they've never done before. Yeah, it's interesting. I want to get to a couple of things that, that you said there. Uh, first of all, the the turnovers, because that's or the lack thereof for the winning teams, because I think particularly the game that uh, the most eyes are on in the St. Louis area and maybe the most eyes are on nationwide, Kansas City at Buffalo on uh, Sunday night, 530. You can hear it right here on KMOX, the uh, third playoff meeting between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but the first one at Orchard Park, the Bills uh, marginal favorites by two and a half points. That's uh, between two quarterbacks who who normally like to, to sling the rock around, both of whom at times this season have had their turnover mm-hmm. issues. And so to the, to your point about the importance of uh, of not turning the football over, that might very well decide a game like that, especially with such a narrow expected margin. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and the Bills played turnover-free football last week at, against Pittsburgh. Um, and, you know, even during their five-game winning streak, to close out the season, Nate, and they were they were sloppy with the ball. The game against Miami, in which Buffalo won, got the big special teams play. Uh, Josh Allen had three more turnovers. I mean, the Bills were plus two in turnover differential this year. Thirty takeaways, which is impressive. Twenty-eight. Um, I'm sorry, twenty-eight turnovers, which is not so impressive. And, and eventually, they catch up to you. I mean, look look at the Browns. Uh, the Browns led the league this year with 37 turnovers. And they, they were the first team in 20 years to make the playoffs when they a team led the league in turnovers. So turnovers are big. I, I, you can't overstate and they get magnified during the postseason. Um, that, that, that's just factual. Russell Baxter is with us. You can follow him on Twitter at BaxFootballGuru. If you have uh, any questions for Russell, you can text in at 314-436-7900. We already have one for you, Russell. Uh, Texter says, what do you think of the Packers 49ers? Can't see the Packers continuing uh, this momentum, I I think. uh, Am I wrong? Uh, I think uh, there's a good point there. Certainly the books uh, have San Francisco favored by nine and a half. I think that line was a little bit wider, maybe 10 or 10 and a half for the Niners when it opened. But there's skepticism about the Packers, even after a really impressive showing on the road in Dallas. Do you think they have enough momentum that they showed enough last week against the Cowboys to make you think they can hang around against a a really disciplined Niners team that that is not only so talented, but also pretty unlikely to to have those self-inflicted wounds? Well, I mean, listen, we at times have seen the, the 49ers defense had a little, as talented as it is, that three, during that three-game losing streak, they weren't very sharp. But the thing that stands out to me about this game is the coaching matchup with Kyle Shanahan and mm-hmm. Matt LaFleur. Obviously, they know each other. Obviously, Shanahan has had great success against LaFleur in the playoffs when Aaron Rodgers was there. Um, and, and did it in an NFC championship game and did it a couple years at Lambeau Field, that ugly 13-10 win yeah. by the 49ers in which I think they blocked a punt mm-hmm. for a touchdown uh, that swung the momentum in that game. They held the Packers uh, in null and void in that contest. So um, that's what I'm looking at, and I think that's why people are why the spread probably is what it is. Um, the Niners have, have pretty much had their way 
with Shanahan there in the series, even though the Packers have won some regular season games uh, under Matt LaFleur there. But, I mean, it's hard to imagine a team playing as almost a perfect game as the Packers did last week. But let's be fair, Joe Barry's defense at times has left a lot to be desired. Do you have any, before we let you go, any any sort of bold predictions for this weekend, upsets or particular players that you're looking at, anything you, you think's flying under the radar? Uh, I know I not necessarily. I mean, I think Houston's very, very interesting um, because they've never been to an AFC championship game. They've gotten this far a couple of times, but they've always seen to stub their toes. The thing I'll be watching, I don't know if it, it's not necessarily a surprise, keep an eye on Lamar Jackson. Fair or unfair, the young man has played in four playoff games, and he's turned over the ball seven times. Um, three touchdown passes. Uh, playoffs have not been kind to him, or he's not been kind to the playoffs. The, uh, the Ravens were in this situation four years ago. They rested a lot of people in the regular season finale. John Harbaugh even alluded to it a couple of weeks ago. Will it wind up being the right move against the Texans on Saturday? Russell Baxter joining us here on our Quiver River Electric guest line. You can follow him on Twitter at BaxFootballGuru. Russell, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. Russell Baxter with us here on KMOX. If you have uh, any thoughts on the upcoming NFL playoff slate, we're going to continue the conversation about it next. We're taking your texts and your calls, 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Would love to hear your thoughts, your picks, your bold predictions. And don't forget, you can hear both those Saturday games, Houston at Baltimore and Green Bay at San Francisco here on KMOX, courtesy of Westwood One. And then uh, Sunday night, 530, Kansas City at Buffalo. Buffalo, the Chiefs radio network here on KMOX. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs go on the road for the first time in Mahomes' career for a playoff game. That's Sunday night, 5.30, pregame earlier than that, leading up to kickoff for the Chiefs and the Bills from Orchard Park here on KMOX. Gray Bar Sports Open Line continues after this. Dower on Gray Bar Sports Open Line tonight. Nate Ganner with you in for Matt Pauley. We appreciate Chip Carey and Russell Baxter joining us in our first hour. If you missed those interviews, you can go back and hear them streaming on the free Odyssey app where we're always live and you can hear everything recorded. Go back and get uh, anything you missed. That's the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Still one more guest to join us later this evening on the Quiver River Electric guest line. That's Dale Shilley of St. Louis City who will be with us at 735 to talk about the offseason additions and also reportedly the first major departure in the club's young history with Nico Joachini reportedly sold for $2 million to uh, a club in Italy's second division could rise to as high as $4 million. We'll be talking about that during our second hour. Right now, wrapping up that NFL conversation with the last few minutes we have in our first hour before the divisional round this weekend. Got a text. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can call or text 314-436-7900. Texture in the uh, 608 area code says, uh, my upset is the Bucks will beat Detroit. I like their defense, and Baker Mayfield is showing he can play a little. I agree. Certainly, Baker Mayfield is showing he can play a little. Um, he looks more comfortable, more confident, more like himself. I think it, it can be a challenge for guys who get used to being the guy, if you will, at the college level to go to the NFL and have all the expectation of being, in his case, a Heisman Trophy winner, the number one draft pick, and 
I don't think he was terrible in Cleveland. He just wasn't good, and he played on a really lousy team. But the pressure on a guy like that, and certainly it will be the pressure that's on a Caleb Williams if the Bears do select him or if New England trades up to that spot and selects him or if it's Washington that trades up and selects him. Anybody who's been linked to that pick, with the exception, I guess, of Atlanta, they're not going to have a tremendous uh, number of tools around him. So it's a lot of pressure to be that guy and come in as the savior of the franchise effectively. And I think you could see it with the likes of Sam Bradford when the Rams were still in St. Louis, the likes of Jared Goff when they moved to L.A. You know, those guys are good quarterbacks. They're maybe not game breakers. They're not the type of guys who can do it with no help around them or with little help around them. And it can be easy for them to end up not getting the respect they deserve because they're being held to number one pick standards rather than is this guy a good NFL quarterback standard. I think Baker Mayfield has proved at the very least that you can have a competent above average NFL football team with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. Uh, the Buccaneers in particular, I think are playing great defense. As you said, uh, texture in the six Oh eight said, I like their defense. I think that's a, an excellent point. Uh, they handled what has been a sputtering Eagles offense that is out of sorts and was undermanned with no AJ Brown. Julio Jones left the game pretty early. Uh, not that he's what he was, but certainly he would have been a bigger part of the game plan in the absence of AJ Brown. I think Detroit is going to be a different deal. Uh, going on the road against a team that is is really hot and really confident. Uh, the Detroit offense did sputter in the second half. Uh, I, you know, I thought they lost some of their mojo in the second half. They'll have a real challenge with that defense, with how fast and how physical Tampa was. Um, but Detroit also got a 24-hour head start. They played on Sunday night. Tampa didn't play till Monday night. And Tampa has to travel. So the Bucks' week is really condensed there. Uh, I think... Detroit getting six, sometimes six and a half points uh, uh, on the spread or having to having to cover six or six and a half points, maybe a little steep. I still like Detroit to win that game. Uh, to be fair, I'm maybe going chalk and that I like all the home teams uh, to win this weekend, but I wouldn't hate Tampa to, to cover uh, six and a half points, especially if that line gets to seven or seven and a half uh, later in the week. Elsewhere, speaking of wide margins, I expect Baltimore to win. Nine and a half strikes me as a few too many points, considering what the Texans just did, hanging 45 points on a really good Cleveland defense. Uh, Stroud obviously has really impressed in the later stages of the season. The defense, I think, is also playing well. Not only those two pick sixes, but Will Anderson, I thought, has looked great rushing the passer down the stretch this season, despite dealing with an ankle injury. So I'm not sure I would would like Baltimore at the minus nine and a half, but I do think probably the Ravens win that game. I would be surprised if Green Bay is really competitive. Um, I'm a Packers fan. I did not expect them to be competitive against Dallas, and they won handily, put up 48 points on the road. So, you know, maybe the Jordan Love and his merry band of first and second year receivers just march on. But for me, San Francisco too good and, and just too many weapons. And, uh, you know, that line has moved a little bit in the Packers' favor since Monday. Maybe it'll move a little bit more, but... I I'm never really comfortable in the NFL taking a team minus nine and a half. That's just a lot of points, but I think San Francisco probably wins that game. Quick question. We have about a minute left here before we got to go to break out of these four games this weekend, which one do you see as the most likely where the underdog ends up pulling out with a win? I mean, I guess the the cop out answer would be Kansas city because Mm -hmm. they're probably the best team of the four road teams. And also by far the smallest spread Buffalo only favored by two and a half. I do think Houston has an outside shot, though, Uh, to Russell's point, which I thought was not a bad one. The Ravens have struggled in the past, sort of come out sluggish, especially because their starters have been off for two weeks between the bye and resting a bunch of guys in in week 18. So it wouldn't surprise me if Houston could get out to a lead, if they could cause uh, real problems for Baltimore. 
We're going to talk a little bit more about that Kansas City-Buffalo game when we start the second hour and hear from Patrick Mahomes after this on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.